0: from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C.
1: Welcome to America Works. Excerpts from longer interviews with contemporary workers throughout the United States, collected by the library's American Folklife Center as part of its Occupational Folklife Project. This is AFC staff folklorist Nancy Gross, and today's America Works episode features funeral director Heather Campbell Hill of the Renaissance Funeral Home in Raleigh, North Carolina. She was interviewed on behalf of the library by folklorist Sarah Bryan, who received an Archie Green Fellowship from the American Folklife Center to document funeral service workers in the Carolinas. Although relatively new to her profession, Heather's dedication and compassion to help people during, as she says, the worst times of their lives is reflected throughout her Occupational Folklife Project interview. A note to listeners, although not explicit, Heather's interview does include discussions of death, bereavement, and funerals.
0: I've been here at this funeral home for three years. I've been licensed almost exactly a year this month. So I've been licensed a year, but I have um, did a two year apprenticeship. And I came here, I actually used to be a web designer. And then I got tired of doing web design and I was on one of those career builder websites one night and typed in all my uh, answers to the responses and funeral director came up and I, slapped my head and said, oh yeah, this is awesome. I'd had other careers in the past, but this is, I started off as a bank teller, then I was a chiropractic assistant, then I was a vet tech, then I was an x-ray tech, and then I became a flight attendant. So a lot of those, it sounds to me, are like um, caring professions and working with people and helping people. I guess that's what I'm drawn to, and that's why the web design thing didn't work. Before I started school, I came to this funeral home to speak to a director because I'd never been in the business before. A lot of people are raised in the business, and this is their life. So I came and talked to um, Joe, who um, Joe the Third, who is, his father is also a funeral director. And uh, I said, give me the ins and outs. I'm about to start school. I don't know anything about this career. And he said, "Give me the good and the bad. He's like, you know, you're going to be rewarded by helping people, but the hours are really crazy, and you see a lot of things that are hard. So I think it helped. They were, I think they were had in mind. They were looking for a female, so I was at the right place at the right time because apprenticeships are hard to come by in this area. So I was really happy to, to stay on here. It's very high statistic of the people in school now are females. My classes. I went through Fayetteville Tech, which, um, um, for those in the business, know in North Carolina, you can do either funeral director or embalming, and. Um, I started off just doing funeral director, then I moved to embalming. But in a small funeral home, I'm able to at least assist. Um, I don't need to stay up front and be just with the families or stay in the back and be just with with um, with bodies. So I like being able to do a little bit of everything. So when I worked um, as an x-ray tech, I was in, worked in the hospital and I'd watched some autopsies and it was fascinating. It, it was really fascinating to me in not a morbid way, but in, in an anatomical way. And I had to x-ray um, somebody who had died, and i um, that was the first time I'd actually touched a dead body, and that was when I was in my 20s. You now, I'm, I'm so interested in the, the death cafe and mm. uh, that, that phenomenon. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yes, the death cafe is, you know, you first tell people death cafe, what the heck is that? It is a conversation. It's basically a conversation that brings up um, every aspect or whatever anybody wants to talk about whether it's planning for your own death um, preparing the documents that you need or um, dealing with somebody that's dying um, grief ghosts uh, afterlife we talk about it all we don't have an agenda and did that originate here did you know death, death cafe or... is a um, um, international project started by um, Actually, a gentleman who just died. His name is John Underwood. Um, in London, I think it actually originated. And um, it's, it is. It's it's worldwide. Our society doesn't want to think about death or um, be cognizant of the fact that they're, we're all going to die. It doesn't make you morbid. It doesn't make you goth. It doesn't make you odd. It makes you curious about your own death. And by being faced with death, you're able to live the best life that you can. I think you have to, and uh, I think you have to really feel people, which sounds kind of um, basic, but you really need to know when somebody needs to talk about something. I mean, of course, being a good listener, you. but you have to move things along, but then when, you know, if you're making arrangements, once the arrangements are done, then you sit and talk. And that conversation can lead to so many different things Usually, I'll meet somebody at the door, and then you know when you first and um, when you first start out with meeting with somebody, you know I found what works for me is they need you need to build their trust. They're not going to instantly pour out everything or know that you're a, a good person and yeah. not out to you know take them for all their money. Right. Sure. And so I usually start with talking about the um, mm-hmm. talking about vitals first, and then um, after the vitals are done and you've already got a little bit of a rapport. Then you start talking about service and what you can do for them. Like, well, let's personalize it. What do you think of this? And we can do slideshow. What do you think of this? And show me your favorite picture of them. <laughs> and then things start to open up. Usually then it moves on to the type of service and, and that I can make this picture and I can make this picture pretty and that um, you don't need to choose the urn right now. You know, let's decide on that later because you guys have a lot going on right now. Sadly, funeral directors have a bad rep. A lot of them, you know, because of all the Jessica Mitford book and a lot of the, which is still relevant, you know, being just a business and we're here to make money. And I think a lot of people come in already challenging you on things. Like once you, they know that you're not trying to get them, sadly, things to pass funeral directors, or that you really are there, that there's an actual, you feel it in in the conference when you actually gain their trust. And then once you gain their trust, then then it's two ways, the whole way. Yeah. And I, that happened today. I actually felt, because I met with the family this morning, and I actually felt that turn. She was kind of snippy at some of her responses to me. Well, that's not what we want to talk about right now. Yeah. And then it turned. Um, I had a Jewish funeral yesterday. Um, we've done non-denominational funerals. I've got a Christian funeral coming up. The family that owns this is Catholic, so we do a lot of cat. I'm honorary Catholic, by the way. We've done Indian Hindu funerals, um, and creative things, and I, I love the diversity in this area, and I love the different traditions. and Green burial is a, a, the quick, you know, no embalming, no vault, and there's two two cemeteries in Raleigh that do green burial. I love, and I love the the green burials. I think, I think it's beautiful. I think, so I love the idea. that It's more hands on. It's yeah. more interactive, and I think it's, I think it's healthier. That's my opinion I'm not sticking behind it. I I personally don't know what's on the other side. And I figured if I saw something here that would change my mind, then I would feel better. But I never have noticed anything odd here. And I love to hear what people say. Or what most of it is like at the time of death, like she was waiting until somebody came or the second we stepped out, this happened, or right afterwards, my phone died. Or, you know, or about, I I remember I was taking an urn to the church one time, and I was, I just was driving my own car, and I sat the urn down beside me in my seat, and a ladybug came and landed on the lid. I said, well, hello, you're coming with me. And then I got there and I told the family, I thought it might be nice, and they're like, kidding that was her favorite that was her that was her that was her visiting so i love that story and i'm open to it and i love hearing about it i just wish i would experience it it's the great whatever happens after we die is the greatest mystery and we're not supposed to know until it happens well maybe someday we'll all know maybe we'll be back together again someday if i only had proof a notarized statement would be nice
1: (laughs) That'd I know be what fun. you
0: mean. I yeah. yeah. wish. And it's an honor to be with somebody when they're going through the worst day of their life. That's as vulnerable and as honorable as thing that you could do, and I'm really thankful to be able to do that.
1: You've been listening to North Carolina Funeral Director Heather Campbell-Hill was interviewed on behalf of the American Folklife Center by folklorist and Archie Greenfellow Sarah Bryan, as part of the library's Occupational Folklife Project. To listen to the complete interview with Ms. Hill and to hear hundreds of other interviews with contemporary American workers, please visit us online at www.loc.gov forward slash folklife or just search online for the Occupational Folklife Project. For the American Folklife Center, this is folklorist Nancy Gross. Thank you for listening to America Works.
0: This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.